promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Citizens Bank. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia, bringing you the stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11-county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Some people believe there's no such thing as fate, that everything stems from cause and effect, and each of us are responsible for our own futures. And here at Growing Greater Philadelphia, well, we agree with that, but only to a point. Sometimes we hear stories that are undoubtedly related to fate, and that cause us to sit back and reflect on the idea of destiny. Now, fate It's defined as the will or principle or determining cause by which things in general are believed to come to be as they are or events to happen as they do. And this perfectly describes the two business stories we're featuring this week, from being at the right place at the right time to running into someone by chance and to being from the same hometown. Sometimes chance encounters happen for a reason, and it's up to the individual to capitalize on these unanticipated events and see where their future will go. And this distinction often separates entrepreneurs from others. Uh, again, 250 bucks a week, I was not going to take it too far, even back then. And so, again, that resiliency and that tenacity. That's Brad Goldor, the chief people officer and co-founder of Phenom People a company headquartered in Ambler, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. They have a special recruiting software platform that really optimizes the process of matching job seekers with employers. When reflecting back on his humble beginnings in a hectic call center, Brad learned how important it was to have a positive attitude and to look brightly at the future, even though he didn't know exactly where that future would take him. They played a nice joke on me, saying that I had a call from the zoo, Mr. Ellie Fant. (laughs) (laughs) Here, Brad explains how a chance encounter helped him form the idea for his company. So I had met one of my other co-founders, Hari, and his brother, Mahi, and I met Hari in an executive MBA program at Temple. And at the time, they were getting into mobile development. And so we started making apps for restaurants to be able to order your food. We started making apps for iPads so that salespeople could have collateral out in the field. And ultimately, we landed on, I was working at CareerBuilder at the time, the online job board. Sure. And they actually have an internal business plan competition that you can enter. Oh, cool. And, uh, I was in the process of leaving the company, ironically. And my manager at the time, I told him that I had just met somebody, we're getting into mobile development, and he said, well, why don't we make mobile-optimized career sites? And so, long story short, he entered the competition and won. Hmm. And so in our first year in business, we made over 80 mobile-optimized career sites, and we analyzed millions of job seekers' behavior. And that was how we initially got the start and uh, an accelerated start because uh, we got our minimum viable product out in the market early and quick. Job seekers were banging on the career site saying, this is great, but I don't have my resume. Right. So we implemented Dropbox to be able to download your resume onto your phone so you could actually go through the process that way. And then employers said, this is great, but I needed to integrate with what's called an applicant tracking system where they candidates go after they apply. So okay. we came up with an integration and we were able to evolve the platform from there, but that was how we got started. So I want to go back to something you said that really caught my ear, and that is you were a career builder at the time. You were getting ready to transition away, but you became exposed to this internal competition. 
did you stay a career builder? Was that kind of a hook to get you to stay? <laughs> so uh, before I had gone to career builder, I had owned and scaled three different businesses. And I was always feeling that I was lacking some of that corporate experience. I went and got that for about almost five years at career builder and realized I really do love the startup. And so it was a matter of time. And that was the catalyst to get me to my next business. And so I got the corporate experience from Career Builder, but I was no longer with Career Builder to answer your question. We had gone on, the original name of the company was iMomentous before we changed it to Feed on People as we evolved the platform. But that experience at Career Builder really accelerated your engagement with this entrepreneurial opportunity sounds like. Correct. It was the catalyst really to starting Feed on People. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. But the other part of the catalyst was this guy you met at Temple. Tell me more about that. Your co-founder. Sure. Met Hari uh, in the executive MBA program at Temple. Yeah. Uh, we were both entrepreneurs and he was a software developer and into software development. And this is 2010. So the iPhone's barely a year old or maybe a year old. Mm -hmm. And like any good entrepreneur, right, you try to look and see the next wave of what's coming. And I knew mobile was coming. You could see it. It was it was plain as day. Once Steve Jobs actually demoed the iPhone with music, your phone, and media all in one place, I knew that that was a game changer. And the way that, you know, this was the first phone that actually looked thin and sleek, had all that, all those features and, and, and behaved that way. And I knew that, you know, you were, people were going to have supercomputers in their pocket. And that's what's happening today. If you hadn't met Hari in that Temple program, do you think Phenom people would be where it is today? Absolutely not. That was definitely the first, uh, you know, seed that was planted. Absolutely. Our entrepreneurial curiosity and spirit and drive, it absolutely would not be here if that initial meeting didn't take place. And ironically, I had been wanting to get my MBA for about 10 years. And for whatever reason that year, I finally took the plunge and did it and big believer in fate. Yep. Had I not started the MBA program uh, and, and met Hari, then that would, you know, we would not be where we are today. And, and again, that insatiable curiosity of really pushing and exploring. And, you know, we knew mobile was going to be the next big thing, but we didn't know how to capitalize on it necessarily. And we were, you know, we were trying different things when we first started until we ultimately landed on the career sites and the opportunity with CareerBuilder. I love that. I love the milestone moment you just spelled out and the fate component of meeting Hari, choosing to go to Temple. If you had chosen to go to a different program at different time, it really would have changed potentially the trajectory, not just of your life, but of the company that you're now a co-founder of and, and helping to lead. Take us back to 2010 when you were you know, setting the kitchen table, if you will, because now you have your idea and you and Hari and, and others are assembled around the table. Who was your first customer? How did you score that? Mm -hmm. Sure. So that's a. I'm going to answer that question in two parts. Yeah. Uh, our first customer through Career Builder. Okay. Was Endo Pharmaceutical, so local company, Career Builder customer, and we sold the first mobile optimized career site to Endo Pharmaceutical. So that was our first customer through Career Builder. And then our first direct customer actually was Einstein Medical, who is still a customer today. And so we started with a mobile optimized career site with them, expanded the platform, added the analytics, and they've been with us for probably about six years now uh, is when we started selling direct. And so they were our first direct customer. 
And Brad, I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about Ambler Yards because you recently moved there from another part of Montgomery County after having founded the company here in greater Philadelphia. What was the inspiration for relocating and why Ambler Yards? Sure. So we, growth was the you know, was the reason. And so it's always a great reason yeah. to move is, you know, we outgrew our current space. We had uh, people taking calls in the uh, IT closet and out in the hallway. And that's when you know you really uh, need some more space. And so we literally looked at Conshohocken, Plymouth Meeting, downtown and different areas where we needed you know access where our customers were where our employees were coming from and we found ambler yards we needed to be near a train station if we were not going to be in the city because we do have about 20 percent of our employees coming from the city and we wanted to have access back and forth to the city and so a train station was important to us and we came across ambler yards and the story of Ambler Yards really inspired us and aligns with our values directly. And so the quick story on Ambler Yards, it used to be a chemical manufacturing plant Mm -hmm. founded by a gentleman named James Harvey Grable. And his company actually patented a process for paint not to rust. Hmm. He became so wealthy and his company did so well. And he was so generous that in 1929 at Christmas, he gave $1,500 to all of his employees, said, go pay off your mortgages, go pay off your medical bills. And for those who can't do the math, that's about $150,000 in today's money. So, wow. Uh, yeah, just very to, generous. Yeah, right. Exactly. And it was so generous and it was so noticed that Theodore Roosevelt, the president at the time, invited him to the White House to thank him for his generosity generosity. And our CEO, Mahi, as soon as I told him that story, he didn't need to know anything else about the reconstruction, about there was a train station and that story. He said, done, we're moving there. And we wound up going from 4,000 square feet to 12,000 square feet uh, in you know modern modern uh, tech space that we built out on our own. So we were able to decorate it and finish it the way that we wanted. And we are now uh, one of the key tenants in Ambler Yards. New hires. Here at Phenom, people are all about the employee experience and the candidate experience. So we like to treat everyone who comes through here with the utmost respect and that they thoroughly enjoy the first time that they've been here. And we definitely did enjoy our experience. While walking into their modern eclectic workspace, we saw some familiar faces on the TV screens in their lobby. And those faces were ours. They take hospitality to a whole new level by having a special welcome sign just for us with our pictures included right there in their lobby. We couldn't help but laugh and feel at ease as Derek Herman from the team showed us around their open concept offices lined with leather couches for impromptu meetings and a help yourself cereal bar in their kitchen. And the space is also kind of funky, sort of like a Silicon Valley feel, complete with an air of a playful startup with ping pong tables and fun seats shaped like hands. It was clear to see from the smiling faces that even though it was a chilly Monday morning, everyone was genuinely happy to be at work. So Brad, share with us some of the hurdles that you've had to overcome. Yes. So early on when we were figuring out, I'll be honest, when I got involved with the mobile concept, Mm -hmm. I really thought that mobile was going to take over the world and that computers would be gone by now. And so, you know, since eight years ago, I saw the traction that mobile was coming with. And so when we were trying to figure out how to grow, we were mobile career sites. And we knew that that was not going to be the end game. That wasn't, it was a feature as opposed to a platform or full product. And so as we're trying to figure out how the catalyst to growth, we were making a suite of mobile apps for HR, right? So an app so you can have corporate communications, do employee referrals. And we were making separate apps. We thought mobile, 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 everything. And like a lot of good ideas, right? Your customers will tell you, 
what's right. And so we kept saying 30, 40, 50% of your traffic's coming from mobile. Mm-hmm. And they said, that's great. And you've nailed the mobile experience, but guess where the other half of that traffic is still coming from? Right. The desktop. And so that, it was Informatica, a company out on the West Coast that said, that's great. Can you handle, can you make my desktop? And that quite honestly, we went from charging, you know, 30 grand a site to six figures because we now had an entire platform. We had analytics to it. We had a CRM module. And so that became the catalyst for our growth. But there was a period there where when we were figuring it out that we had to skip paychecks for a good nine months. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that you do Back to some of those early life lessons at 250 bucks a week, I was used to living on nothing, right? And so, you know, you you do what you got to do. Like a cat, you land on your feet, you figure it out. That's the difference, in my opinion, between true entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and what I call entrepreneurs. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, figuring that out, you figure it out. And anybody who has had a success story will tell you there was times of uncertainty. They'll, they'll talk about, you know, going to petty cash and taking that last bit out just for lunch and, and again, those humble beginnings. and But having the perseverance to plow through that and figure it out, that's what true good entrepreneurs do. To hear how Brad started as an entrepreneur in college and how it led him to the success that he's living today, head online to hear the full interview at 1210wpht.com slash select. Office furniture creates the office culture. That's next. The first hospital, the first medical college, pharmacy school, university, private biomedical research center. Greater Philadelphia is a region of firsts. These milestones have produced a spirit of collaboration that continues today. For more information on collaborative projects in Philadelphia, visit selectgreaterphl.com. Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Royer Cooper Cohen Braunfeld LLC, a proud investor in Select Greater Philadelphia Council. RCCB are attorneys who think and act like entrepreneurs and business people, combining sophisticated, cost-effective legal counseling with entrepreneurial approaches and creative thinking. RCCB serves companies, business executives, and investors, as well as individuals and their families. Learn more about RCCB at rccblaw.com. In 2015, Philadelphia became the first World Heritage City in the U.S. And in 2017, was named the number three city for startups, according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in 1776. Learn more about why you should bring your business to the region by visiting philadelphiadelivers.com. Deloitte LLP is a proud supporter of Select Greater Philadelphia. Deloitte's Philadelphia practice provides audit, consulting, tax, and advisory services, and supports the region's growth and development through their corporate citizenship efforts. Learn more at Deloitte.com. Hi, everybody. It's Matt, here to let you know that our Growing Greater Philadelphia program would not be possible without the support from Citizens Bank. You know, the active engagement from Citizens Bank with this radio and podcast initiative and with all of our efforts at Select Greater Philadelphia to attract new businesses and new jobs to our community, it's really exceptional. Simply put, without the partnership we have with Citizens Bank, we could not do what we do. And we certainly cannot deliver these stories of growth and innovation. The people of Citizens Bank bring practical financial experience and deep industry expertise to each banking relationship. You can learn how Citizens can help your company reach its potential by visiting citizensbank.com slash commercial. So please join me in thanking Citizens Bank for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia and for helping us bring you this growing Greater Philadelphia program. Select 
GreaterPHL.com for stories of our collective community and the mission of Select Greater Philadelphia to grow the economic vibrancy of our region. This is Growing Greater Philadelphia. Fate happens when we least expect it. We can sometimes actually feel it unfolding right in front of us, right in that moment. And now a person's talent, it can actually get them a job, right? But sometimes fate plays a part in shaping the opportunity. I got hired because I was from Acton. My parents were named Alan and Nancy, and he has a sister named Joan, and I have a brother named Alan, and so that's why I got the job. That's Joan Waters, the CEO of Kafka, who in 1988 joined this father and son commercial furniture company. Having strong ties to the region, this company has been furnishing offices for almost 75 years. Here, Joan explains how the company got its start. So I've had the incredible honor and pleasure of working for two of the finest people ever put on this earth. David Einstein is our founder. He founded the company in 1946. He, after World War II, would go into government offices and liquidate the offices. And he found that furniture sold better than anything else in an office. So he decided to start an office furniture company. Mm-hmm. An entrepreneur, you know, at a young age. So he started a commercial office furniture company in, in 46 and built a really good company. He was located in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. He ultimately bought a number of buildings in Chinatown. And Alan, his son, who I've worked very closely with since I joined the company in 88. Alan came in in 1970. He worked incredibly closely with his dad. They were inseparable. And again, when you think about two people that loved and respected and honored one another, their names and their pictures should be in the book to describe that. They decided to buy a small company out in the suburbs in the late 80s. Okay. And they realized that they needed somebody to run that, that they didn't really want to dilute what they were doing here in Center City. So they found me, and I came in in 1988. And so that was November 1st will be 30 years for me. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. I want to hear more about that. But before we go to the life and times of Joan Waters... I want to dive into a little bit more about David and Alan, especially because, if I understand it correctly, David is actually native to greater Philadelphia. I think it was Vineland, New Jersey, which I would call part of the greater Philadelphia neighborhood. Yeah. Yep. And he stayed with the community. This is his home. And that's part of the story of Kafka. We are a Philadelphia-based company. And David loved the city. And he felt very connected to Philadelphia. He was very involved in not just office furniture, but in the city. Mitzi Einstein, his wife, who's still with us and mm-hmm. just an unbelievable woman, was very active and, and supportive of many of the organizations and charities here in the city. Mm-hmm. David believed in Philadelphia. And we, to this day, believe we're a Philadelphia-based company. And, you know, at times there are challenges that being a Philadelphia-based company may present, but it doesn't matter. We love Philadelphia. And although we're a Philadelphia-based company, we obviously are committed to the region. We service the region as a whole. Right. We have a nice space here in Philadelphia, but we certainly have clients that go all the way to the 
shore and go up to Harrisburg and go throughout the region. So now you can kind of see the full scale of what we're doing here, right? So they're loading up the trucks for tomorrow, but you have your bay doors over here, about six bays, all Kafka owned and branded trucks. Some of our guys are on the move out here. At the Kafka offices in North Philadelphia, it's truly a one-stop shop from the in-house designers to the showroom to the warehouse. All aspects of Kafka's services are under one roof, creating a true sense of community throughout the company. Our tour of this impressive operation included their warehouse with thousands of different pieces of furniture all ready to be loaded up onto Kafka delivery trucks by the friendly team of employees who will proudly represent Kafka when they arrive at their clients' offices. So, Joan, help us understand and appreciate that real nuanced, important work that you and your team do every day. Explain for us how your Kafka team really helps to shape the culture for your clients. To be successful in what we do, you really need to understand your client. You need to understand who they are and what they're trying to accomplish with their space. Is their space about impressing and, and winning clients? Is it about retaining their own people? Is it about attracting the brightest and the best? And frankly, every organization should have a part of that inside their organization. Mm -hmm. But your furniture is going to help you create culture. It's going to help you create an environment that does help you attract the brightest and the best and does help you retain talented individuals. It's not just about a chair and a desk. It's about creating that space that really helps you create that culture, that, mm -hmm. that helps you build that culture. Right. Yeah. I've seen it myself. It's how you work, how you work better, how you work smarter, frankly, how you work together. That can make a big difference in the success of a particular organization. And Joan, we've all been in these situations where you walk into a conference room, for example, and you can just feel how appropriate that space is, or frankly, how inappropriate that space can be, and how much more productive a, a meeting will be, or a conversation will flow, or outcomes of next steps will be calculated. And I was hoping you could talk with us about maybe a generic story where you kind of saw that, and where you could come in, and you could see a space, and you could say, here are our recommendations, and here are why we are making these specific recommendations based on this particular industry or this particular organization's goals. I'll tell you a story that we went in to present to a client that was looking to work with a partner, a long-term partner, and they knew that they were going to make a decision on their first building, but in reality, that decision was the beginning of a long-term standard. Mm -hmm. So we walked into a space and you could tell they just weren't happy. You could tell it wasn't what they needed. This was a creative organization that was in a very drab, just a space that didn't speak to who they were and what they were trying to do as a business. And it was it was a funny meeting because we just like literally took over and said, guys, we were very enthusiastic. We were very excited. And by the end of the meeting, we had this client so excited about what the vision for what they wanted right. was, and they realized very quickly, we got it, we understood their vision, and felt, I think, even after that first meeting, felt very confident that we were going to be able to help them deliver on that vision. Right. But what's important about that, and I kind of picked up on this, is that subtly, is that you, know, you can listen 
to the needs, or frankly, you can perceive the frustrations that are happening and unfolding in front of you and your team as you're having this conversation with a, with a client or a prospective client. And for you to be able to articulate a vision back to them of what could be takes talent and takes skill. I am very fortunate to work with some amazing people. I will tell you that today, the reason that Kafka is successful is because of the people I work with. You know, the old adage, surround yourself with people that are smarter and more talented than you are. I've scored 100 on that test. We have an amazing design team who, again, listens, understands, and is able to really deliver on what someone's vision is. We have a great project management staff that when we say we're going to do something, they make sure we live up to that commitment. Yeah. And my sales team, I'm fortunate to have some people that have been doing this for a very long time and have incredibly loyal clients because they're great listeners. Yeah. Those are rare qualities, but we're fortunate to have a team that does a great job on all levels. To learn how Joan went from not knowing where she was going with her career to becoming a successful CEO, head online to 1210wpht.com slash select. Growing Greater Philadelphia is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia. We're a council of the Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia, and we're the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. We work to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community, by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our neighborhood. Special thanks to our investors and partners who believe in our efforts, especially the team at Citizens Bank, for their highly engaged support of this podcast and of all of our efforts at Select Greater Philadelphia. You can learn how Citizens can help your company reach its potential by visiting citizensbank.com commercial. I also want to thank our program producers, Elena Carmazan and Maricela Juarez, and our writer, Samara Grizel, and our researcher, Steve Boucher. Learn more about Select Greater Philadelphia by visiting selectgreaterphl.com and tune in anytime to this radio and podcast program at 1210wpht.com slash select. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Temple University, a proud supporter of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. One in seven Philadelphians are Temple graduates. Learn more about Temple University at temple.edu. Independence Blue Cross is a leading health insurance company offering health plans including managed care, Medicare, and Medicaid with over 10,000 dedicated employees. Learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. This segment of Growing Greater Philadelphia is brought to you by Comcast, NBC Universal, a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia Council. Comcast is deeply committed to the Philadelphia community and is proud to be headquartered here since it was founded as a startup 55 years ago. Learn more about Comcast at ComcastCorporation.com. Welcoming new neighbors to the community is part of who we are. It's the Philadelphia way. That's why Select Greater Philadelphia invites you to their annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia cocktail reception. It's our chance to say thanks for making Philadelphia your home. Thursday, October 25th, an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Register at selectgreaterphl.com slash events. Presented in partnership with the H&K Group, a dynamic group of integrated companies providing complete construction solutions. With a gross regional product of $420 billion, Greater Philadelphia is in the top three among all metropolitan areas of the Northeastern United States. To learn more about the regional economy, visit selectgreaterphl.com. 